Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, for today, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. This last month of this year, we thank you, Father. Hallelujah, Lord. Father, I thank you, God. Let this be a word from heaven. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray, stir up the hearts, Father. Let our hearts, Lord, obey you. Let our hearts be submissive. Lord, I just pray, Father, <clears throat> that we would be a bunch of worshippers, passionately worshipping you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Some of us think that we're doing a favor to God by worshipping him. We want to come week after week. We think that, you know, God is just, uh, you know, he, he wants all our worship. The word worship comes from an old English word called worship. Worship. Now, what does worship mean? Or what does this worship mean? Worship means ascribe to him something supreme worth. That is why Moses in the wilderness said, ascribe to God. That he is the God of faithfulness and full of justice. The word worship means to demonstratively attribute worth to. Which means that your body movement something that there must be a demonstration. That is why we can't, when we worship God, we can't just be, you know, uh, like a, uh, you know, a straight pole. Yeah? Somebody asked me, why do you need to raise hands up? When the police comes or when a robber comes in with a gun, we all raise our hands, right? Hallelujah. Somebody here is here who is greater than all of that. Hallelujah. is a supreme power, supreme authority. And when we raise hands, we are just declaring, we are just saying, God, I submit to you. God, I want to worship you because you are worthy of all worship. If God doesn't change by our worship, we are changed by our worship. So I was just thinking, God, is there anything that you get by our worship? And then I just thought about my time with my children. But I would just ask them, am I a really good dad? Or am I a bad dad? Now I know my children will say, no, you're good. You know, when they say that I'm a good father, you know what happens? I am so blessed by that. Hallelujah. And when we say, God, you are a good, good father. Hallelujah. How much more is our father in heaven that he is so blessed by our worship. It doesn't change him. It changes us. Hallelujah. Say, my worship changes me. Hallelujah. Look to the other person. My worship does not change you. Your worship changes you. Hallelujah. So whether you like it or not, we are always worshipping something. I remember many years back, I went to this neighboring state of ours, um, Tamil Nadu, and I, you know, I was in a, this B-grade theater, where there was benches. I don't know if it's now there. And I was just watching this famous superstar super movie that got released on that day. And I got a cultural shock. I was studying in, in, in the border town of Kerala, and I crossed over to watch this. And uh, when that superstar comes into the stage, I saw some old grandmothers raising a garland and, you know, trying to garland him. That's worship. 
whether we like it or not, we are always worshipping something. Whatever, whoever you are devoted to, that thing or that person is the object of your worship. Many years ago, I had a fetish for shoes. All of you are looking at my shoes now. I had this huge, I had different shoe, color shoes for different, different pants that I wore. Right? So I had this, after marriage, I remember that I had this huge sack of shoes that I was bringing. And my wife was like, what is this? There's so many shoes. It's like a shoe store. Every shoes that I see, I look at it, no, I think it's good for me. Until I realized that became an object that I was desiring. Sometimes, we ourselves can become the object of our worship. Whatever we love, or whatever we spend time with, that becomes our worship. Hallelujah. And uh, let's look in Exodus chapter 8, verse 20. From now on, I want all of you to listen to the scripture. You miss one part, you will miss the connection to what is going to come. Okay, so Exodus 8, verse 20. The Lord said to Moses, Rise early in the morning, present yourself to Pharaoh as he comes out of the water. Say to him, This is what the Lord says, Let my people go, so they may serve me. The NLT says, Let my people go, so that they may worship me. In Malayalam it says, The word Aradhana. Let my people go, so they may worship me. They worshipped other gods. And now God is calling them, let them go so they may worship me. Now let's look into that, if they would indeed worship God. So God is calling a nation so that they will worship Him. We see after the Israelites crossed the Red Sea, Miriam leads them into worship. It is so easy to worship when we have an answered prayer. You know, when we get that promotion, we want to come to church and we want to testify. We, we are like Miriam. They start well. But somehow we see, we see a pattern. What is that pattern? It is not a pattern of worship. It is a pattern of complaining and whispering and complaining and whispering. In Exodus chapter 19 and 20, God reveals himself to his people. He reveals himself to his people. And it is this God and that we see people who are, do not worship God. Let's look in Exodus chapter 20. Verses 18 to 21. All the people were watching and hearing the thunder and the lightning flashes. The sound of the trumpet and the mountain spoke, smoking. And the people saw it. They trembled and stood at a distance. They said to Moses, speak to yourself. We will listen. And do not have God speak to us or we will die. However, Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. For God has come in order to test you. In order that the fear of him may remain with you. And you will not sit. So the people stood at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. The people, instead of worship, they chose to watch and hear all the sound effects. The light and sound show they wanted to enjoy. They were afraid. They chose to be away from God. Last week we heard from Pastor Lina how being afraid of God, you could be away from God. 
they didn't fear God and because they did not worship God in the wilderness, they did not worship God in the wilderness when God revealed himself. Now how can, how much of, of uh, you know, that's a dangerous situation. When God reveals himself, we better worship him. Amen. Amen. And they chose to be away because they were afraid. When God, in Exodus chapter, the earlier scripture in Exodus chapter 8, verse 20, let my people go, so they met worship, and, then, and Pharaoh had to let them go, Pharaoh drowned, everybody drowned, and, and after the Red Sea, they refused to worship. God gave them an opportunity to worship, but instead, they refused and became a stubborn, stiff-necked people. God called them a stubborn, stiff-necked people because they were somebody who refused to worship and they became disobedient. You've got to look in the history of Israelite worship. You need to know what is the history of Israelite worship. So I'll take you through the history. In Exodus chapter 33, verse 7 to 10. Now, Moses took a tent, pitched it outside the camp, a good distance from a camp, and he called it the tent of meeting. And everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which is outside the camp. It came about, whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people, okay, all the people would arise. Everybody would arise and, uh, and stand, each at the entrance of his tent. And they gazed after Moses, until, uh, after Moses until he entered the tent. Whenever Moses entered the tent, the pillar of the cloud would descend. Stand at the, at the entrance of the tent. The Lord would speak with Moses. And all the people saw the pillar of the cloud standing at the entrance of the tent. All the people would stand and worship each at the entrance of his tent. Okay? So they worshipped at the entrance of the tent. So the Lord used to speak Moses face to face just as a man speaks to his friend. But when Moses returned to his camp, his servant Joshua, son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. So Moses used to go into the tent and walk, talk to God face to face. And the, so what was the kind of worship that the people had? Moses worshipped face to face. The people, they stood at a the distance. They worshipped. But that was a detached, passive worship. They watched the show. They allowed to be a spectator. Where God would go into the tent with Moses. God says, you are the leader. You and you be there. And we would like to be in the comfort place. We like to be in our tent. We don't want to go to church. We want the pastor to do that. We want this person to do that. God gave them a chance. But they just observed. Observation worship. I want to tell you, hallelujah, God hates that. We'll come. So that was the first kind of worship that Israelites had. They had a detached, passive worship, observation worship. The second worship that they had, we see in the, through the book of Judges and 1 Kings and 2 Kings and 1 Chronicles and 2 Chronicles, that they worshipped other gods. And because of that, they went into exile. Now, that was another kind of worship that they had. What was the third kind of worship? It, when it came to the book of Malachi, now, they went into exile, they worshipped other gods, they went into exile, one set went into Assyria, the other set went into Babylon, those went into Babylon, came back, and in the book of Malachi, there was some good news. They learned the lesson about their worship to other gods. From then on in their history, if you look in the time of Jesus, there was no other god, but they were, our past, they were after the god of Abraham. They were constantly telling about the traditions that they had. But they, that, so that was good news that they didn't go after other gods. But what was the problem? Worship became a formality. 
Worship became a formality that I need to do. If you read through the book of Malachi, chapter 1, verse 7, verse 7, you are presenting defiled food on my altar. But say, in what way have you defiled you? So they are now saying, God, what way have you defiled you? In what way the table of the Lord is despised? So when you present, and God is saying, when you present a blind animal for sacrifice, that was not allowed. A blind animal, is it not evil? Or when you present a lame or a sick animal, is it not evil? So you offer it to your governor? Would he be pleased with you? Or would he receive you kindly? So he said, you would not even attempt to give this to your governor. Left over worship, ceremonial worship, where we are doing things for the sake of doing. Ceremonial worship is where you are okay with giving the leftovers. This the Lord hates. When our heart is not, I want to say this word, completely associated with worship. Not little, completely. And he's saying, you are profaning my name. You are profaning my name. Hallelujah. So that was this third kind of worship that Harris and Israelites. One, the detached, observatory worship. Second, the false worship. The third, ceremonial, ritualistic worship. I remember in my previous traditional church that I was attending. You know, while the mass was going on, there was some time, there was, the intercession would be there, and everybody would close the eyes. So I used to sit at the exit. And the moment everybody, the elders, used to close their eyes, I am out. Ceremonial worship. That's what the Lord hates. Let's look into the lifestyle of worship in Israel. Now this was something that happened. And it became a lifestyle. What was the lifestyle? If you read through 1 Samuel chapter 9 verse 15. Okay. Now the context is Hannah is going into. Uh, Hannah got up. And after eating and drinking in Silo. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She greatly distressed. Prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. She made a vow and said, Lord of armies. If you will indeed look into the affliction of your bond servant, remember me and not forget your bond servant. And will you give your bond servant a son? Um, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and a razor shall not come on his head. Now it came as she continued praying. So she was praying and continued praying. And Eli was watching her mouth. As for Hannah, she was speaking in her heart. Only her lips were quivering, but her voice was not heard. So Eli thought she was drunk. And Eli said, how long will you behave like a drunk? Get rid of your wine. And Hannah answered and said, no, my Lord, I am a woman despairing in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. I have thought for many times, why is Eli not able to recognize a woman's sincere prayer? After all, he is the high priest in the house of the Lord. I would have understood if he was a doctor or an engineer outside. But he is a high priest in the house of the Lord. He should have recognized here is a woman who is pouring out her heart. 
the tabernacle of Moses was kept in this place called Shiloh. So the family, they went to seek the Lord of the tabernacle of Moses, which is at Shiloh. Now what happened was the land was soaked in the ceremonial and detached worship. That Eli found it strange. Here is a woman that is pouring out her heart when everybody else is just ceremonial worship. I want to offer a sacrifice. Do it. Go home. But here is a woman who is crying, is pouring out, and she is crying from the depths of her heart, and she is in her heart, she is, her lips are moving, no sound is heard, but in her heart she is praying, and this heart to heart, soul to soul, spirit to spirit, spirit worship, cannot be recognized by Eli, the high priest. Because that is the norm, that became the norm in the tabernacle of Moses. Ceremonial and this detached worship became a lifestyle in Israel. Eli thought something is wrong with Hannah. Her worship and her crying was strange because all around the land was this ceremonial worship. The Bible says the voice of the Lord was rare in the land. If you read through the book of Samuel. Her worship and her crying was strange. I remember when I became a believer and went to the local parish that I was raised up. I found, everybody found that I am strange. Because I used to raise my hands and I wanted to worship God. And here is some, and, and I thought that they are strange. Ceremonial worship, nobody, in ceremonial worship, nobody cries in the presence of God. Nobody is broken in the presence of God. They offer sacrifices, but their heart is not broken. They may be giving tithes, they may be giving offering, they may be doing this and that, but their heart is not broken before the Lord. This was a lifestyle in Israel. Now what happened with this kind of lifestyle? You know, we saw that uh, God saying that let my people go so that they may worship me. In Hebrews chapter 4, verses 4 to 7. You know, we see, um, well, let's read that. For he said, somewhere concerning seventh day, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again, this passage, they certainly shall not enter my rest. Talking about the people of Israel in the wilderness. And since it remains for some to enter it, and those who previously had good news preached to them, failed to enter because of disobedience. They couldn't believe because something fundamental was missing. They did not obey God because something fundamental was missing. God revealed many times to his people in Israel when they were in the wilderness, but they refused to worship him. Now because they refused to worship him, their spiritual state went down and down and down. And God said, that's enough, let this generation perish in the wilderness. They became a stiff-necked and stubborn generation. The ceremonial worship guys perished in the wilderness. Those who went after other gods, they went into exile. They were captured by the Assyrians and the Babylonians. Now this, so we saw three kinds of worship. Ceremonial, the false worship, and the uh, detached worship. Now what is the kind of worship that God is looking for? Let's be very truthful. John chapter 4, verse 23 to 24 saying, a time, Jesus is telling the Samaritan woman, as time is coming, and even now has arrived, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for such people, the Father seeks to be his worshippers. The God is spirit. 
those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. So now, hallelujah, in Exodus we saw God calling the people of Israel. Now God is saying, God is calling another people to be his worshippers, which is his church. God is looking for a worshipping church. Not a participating. There is nothing called participating in worship. Hallelujah. Either we are in the worship or we are outside. It's a church that worships in spirit and truth. Today I believe that the Lord wants to raise such worshippers here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. So we saw the tabernacle of Moses. In 2 Samuel chapter 6, we see that the ark of the Lord, that David tries to bring, bring back the ark of the Lord from the house of Abinadab. And it came down the hill and it came into the house of Obedidom and remained there for three months. So David tried to bring it, there was some calamity there and it came to the house of Obedidom and it was there for three months. And this guy was so blessed. Now let's look into Second Samuel chapter 6 verse 12 to 17. Now it was reported to King David saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obedidom, all that belongs to him, on the account of the ark of God. Wow. So David went and brought the ark of God from the house of Obedidom to the city of David. That's Zion. Zion is known as the city of David with gladness. So it was that when those who carried the ark of the Lord marched to six paces, he sacrificed an ox and fattened steer. And the David was dancing before the Lord with all his strength, and David was wearing a linen, linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with joyful shouting and the sound of the trumpet. It happened as the ark of the Lord was coming in the city of David that Michal, the daughter of Saul, looked down to the window and saw the king David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she was contemptuous of, the, of him in her heart. Then it, they brought the ark of the Lord set it in its place inside the tent which the Lord which David had pitched for it and David offered burnt sacrifices and peace offerings to the Lord the tabernacle of David was a temporary resting place of the ark of the Lord okay and the tabernacle was in the city of David which is Mount Zion so the tabernacle of David was simply a tent so it said that it came and set its place inside a tent. So it is simply a tent erected by David to place the ark. There is no holy place, most holy place. Just a tent and inside the tent was the ark. The Hebrew word translated tabernacle means ohel. Which means a tent, a covering, home, tabernacle, uh, tent. That's what it means, a covering, dwelling place. Moses was kept in Shiloh, that's where Hannah went. And the tabernacle of Moses, where David was kept in Mount Zion. On Zion. Uh, what happened, so what happens to this ceremonial worship that was happening in the tabernacle of Moses? So after the so now there were two kinds of worship. One was this, what is happening in Shiloh, and what is happening in the Davidic worship, which is happening in Mount Zion. So the part two of this message I'll take after a couple of weeks. So, uh, we're going to look, we'll look in the part 2, we're going to look in what is the aspects of, how did this Davidic worship happen. So let's look into uh, what happens to both of these. Psalm 78 verse 60. Here is a psalmist saying, so that he abandoned the dwelling place at Shiloh, the tent that he had pitched among his people. And in NKJV it says, so he forsook the tabernacle of Shiloh. The tent he had placed among the people. 
God rejected the tabernacle of Moses because it became uh, ceremonial, ritualistic. I just got to do this and go back home kind of worship. Same chapter, Psalm 78, verse 68. God reveals his heart. But chose the tribe of Judah, Mount Zion, which he loved. God was pleased with the tabernacle of David. You saw how David brought it. David sang and he rejoiced. The whole people, they sang and they rejoiced. And you know, uh, it was a prophetic worship. Why? Because David was a king in the Old Testament. And he wore a linen ephod, which shows that he was operating in the priestly role. You see, we are prophets, king and priests in the New Testament. Hallelujah. So David was living the reality of not just a New Testament. Davidic worship was a type of heavenly worship. Hallelujah. That is what God wants. Not when, you know, not when, uh, uh, I used to remember my, my family prayer as a kid. Sometimes we used to feel so sleepy. So I said, you know, um, I remember my brother, my mom used to pray for these homes, you know. Uh, so, my brother said, Mommy, why are you praying for all this, this specifying this, all this family, that family? Why don't you say, I pray for all our families? <laughs> God knows our heart. God loved the tabernacle of David. That is why God raised a man after his heart. Amen. Hallelujah. So God was pleased with the tabernacle of David. But something also happens with the tabernacle of David. Because you see the history of Israelites. They went after all the false gods. The Baals and everyone. So in Amos chapter 9, verse 11. Something happens with the tabernacle of David. On that day I will raise up the tabernacle of David which has fallen down. So by the time that Amos came prophesying, the tabernacle of David had also fallen down. But God is saying, and I will repair its damages. I will raise up its ruins. It might be in ruins, but it's still there. Amen? It's there. God says, I will repair its ruins. I will rebuild it as in the days of old. Hallelujah! The Lord is saying, what you saw during the time of David, I am going to bring it back. That was a prophetic word. God did not promise to restore the tabernacle of Moses because it was so ceremonial. Hello, if you are trying to come here and just be there, God did not intend this, this kind of worship. That passed away with the tabernacle of Moses. Isaiah prophesies this tabernacle of David. Says, Who will restore this table? Um, Understand, Isaiah 16, verse 5, A throne will be established in faithfulness, and a judge will sit on it in trustworthiness in the tent of David. Moreover, he will seek justice and be prompt in righteousness. This is prophetically pointing to the one that is coming from the line of David who will restore this fallen tabernacle. Amen. If you are operating in the tabernacle of David, that kind of worship, you will not find that heavenly worship different. Why? Because you have practiced it here. 
So it is, this is a dress rehearsal for that. Hallelujah. Those of you who want to worship in heaven, do you know that prayer will cease when you go to heaven? Worship will not cease. Worship is something that is going to continue forever and ever and ever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tongues will stop. Prophetic word will stop. You don't need any more prophetic word because God is walking with us. Right? But worship will not stop. So if anything that you are continuing from here, that was going there, is worship. Tell to the person next to you, better worship here. Hallelujah. So we see in Acts chapter 15. Now in Acts chapter 15, uh, their apostles is faint, they are solving a problem. Okay. Now James, the apostle is saying, brothers, listen to me. Simeon, that is Peter, has described how God first concerned him about taking a people for his name from among the Gentiles. The words of the prophet agree, just as it is written, I will rebuild the fallen tabernacle of David. I will rebuild its ruins. I will restore it. So the rest of the mankind. So we don't have a provision to go back to that uh, Moses tabernacle. It is God. The rest of the mankind, God wants to come to the tabernacle of David. Says the Lord, and all the Gentiles are called by the name, says the Lord, who makes these things known long, long ago. The tabernacle of, of uh, David was kept to us, was given to us in Acts chapter 10, when the Holy Spirit falls upon Cornelius and family. It came upon the Gentiles in Acts chapter 10. So just like David built a tabernacle through worship, God, Jesus wants to build a tabernacle for God so that God can dwell in us through what? Through worship. That's how David brought back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is not ceremonial worship. It is not detached worship. It is through worshipping God in spirit and truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. David danced before the Lord. Some of us are thinking about, God, I don't know how to make this dance move. And God is not asking us to do Michael Jackson's moonwalk. You have hands and legs, you can move. That's dance for God. Do you know that David was not a great dancer? How many of you know David was not a great dancer? Why? Because he's dancing. His, his own wife saw that. How can this man dance like this? You don't need to be a great dancer. Hallelujah, David was not a great dancer. If you have a problem, at least go to your bedroom, close it and dance before the Lord. But that is what the Lord wants. Hallelujah. The Lord wants his people to be devoted to him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So God has restored the tabernacle of David. Now you and I, we can choose whether you want to come to church and just be there, participate, see that. You want to do, do that 24 bar 7. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So let's look into the effect of David's tabernacle. You saw that uh, when God... Uh, how the Israelites was called to worship God in the wilderness. 
they couldn't get could not get into the rest because they disobeyed they dis, because uh, they disobeyed because they did not worship god they did not seek god they were not willing to go after god so they did not enter in the rest and we saw how david worships god we see the lifestyle that he has all the psalms that he has written he was the real great worshipper hallelujah one of my great desires is lord i heard this man of god who worshiped the lord he was so old he called us family he called his friends and he called his grandchildren and then he raised his hands and he began to worship the lord and he just closed his eyes and died hallelujah i don't think that's the kind of death that i want where i just worship the lord i just go into his presence because that's the same worship is when it happened there in in between there's a small gap that's okay hallelujah So what was the effect of David's worship tabernacle? We saw the defect of Moses tabernacle. They did not enter into the rest. But I want to read we what we read was 2 Samuel chapter 6. We're going to read in 2 Samuel chapter 7 verses 1. Now it came about when the king lived in this house the Lord had given rest from every side from all his enemies. Just like to request the worship team to come back to stage. God gave rest to David Hallelujah. What he intended to give the people in the wilderness, it came to David. That rest came to David. Today, if you want to have rest, you got to go after God passionately. Hallelujah. But the king said to Nathan, See now, I live in the house of Sidon. But the ark of the Lord remains within the tent. See, now he knows the ark is within the tent. Now he is thinking of the next thing. See, he, those who are after God, worshiping God, they are thinking about what is the next thing that I can do for God. Go do all that is in your mind, for the Lord is with you. Now, at the same time, the, the word of the Lord came to Nathan and said, "Let not David build." And he says in verse eight, "I will just jump to verse eight." The Lord is saying, "I myself took you from pasture, from following the sheep, to be the leader of my people Israel. Now I have been with you wherever you have gone, and eliminated all your enemies from you. Now I will make a great name for you, like the names of the great men who are on the earth. I will establish a place for my people. Will plant them, oppress them any more as previously. Even the day appointed judges of my people Israel." I will give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord also declares to you, the Lord will make a house for you. You made a house for me. You made a tent for me. The Lord say, you made a tent for me. I'm going to make a house for you. Hallelujah. Those who want to make a tent of worship, the Lord will give you a house. I don't know whether it's spiritual house definitely there in heaven. You make a tent for God. Hallelujah. The Lord will give you a house. Hallelujah. I don't promise a house on the earth I don't know but definitely a house in heaven. Thank you Jesus. I will establish uh, when your days are finished that's not enough even after you die. The Lord is saying you lie down with your fathers I will raise up your descendants after you. you, know, you made a tent for me I'm going to bless you and will bless the ones that's coming after you. Hallelujah. I'll be your father to him. 
and i will i will he shall build a house for my name and i will establish the throne of his kingdom forever you wanted to build a house for me i will raise another guy another generation to build a house and i will establish you i'll establish your throne establish what a word hallelujah what a word i was just thinking god if i got this word wow what a word i'll be a father to him he'll be a son to me you know what a revelation comes those who are worshiping god i'll be a father to him he'll be a son to me when he does wrong i will discipline him with the rod of men the strokes of son of mankind but my favor shall not depart from him so as i took it from soul whom i removed from you your house and your kingdom shall endure before me forever you know god never never forgot this word your throne shall be established forever in accordance with all these words and all this vision so nathan spoke to david Wow. I want to tell you, you build a tabernacle for God, God will build a house for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I sense the Lord raising many intercession warriors here in this church. Hallelujah. Rekhanandhyanaba, Rebendhyanandhyanade. The Lord is saying, I will raise another generation of intercessors. Amen. I sense the word prophetic intercession entering into the church. Hallelujah. I want to tell you this Davidic worship was 24 bar 7. I want to pray that right now. Let it happen. There will be 24 bar 7 worship in the city, in this place. I pray you might be thinking how. What is impossible for man is possible by God. Thank you Jesus. Lord raise up. Raise up. Hallelujah. Raise up. Hallelujah. Raise up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. I sense in the life of Sister Anju. You are like a Hannah. You have poured out your heart before the Lord. Hallelujah. You have poured out your heart before the Lord. Hallelujah. The Lord will honor you. I sense the word honor. Hallelujah. I sense the hedge of protection upon you. Amen. You are a worshiper. Hallelujah. You will raise the Davidic worship. Hallelujah. Wherever you go, there will be an anointing in your tongue. Hallelujah. Oh, there will be an anointing in your tongue. Amen. To raise worship. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You will interpret dreams, visions. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 I want everybody to worship God right now. And all of you to stand up. Hallelujah. In a time of worship. And all of you to worship God. Don't, don't be static. Amen. Don't be that. Don't be a spectator. Hallelujah. Don't be a spectator. Oh, God wants us to join the chorus of heaven. Hallelujah. There is a chorus of heaven. Hallelujah. There is a chorus of heaven. Lord, stir up the hearts, Father. Stir up the hearts. Stir up the hearts, Daddy. Stir it up. Stir it up.
I pray, Daddy, let every instrument be here. Lord, Father, we want to worship you with instruments, without instruments. And therefore, let every instrument be here. Daddy, let songs come out. Healing songs. Hallelujah. Deliverance songs. Hallelujah. Songs that can cast out demons. Hallelujah. All 
Lord, we to rebuke debt and poverty in our midst, Father. We rebuke it, Father. Every spirit of debt and poverty out in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. I sense in the life of Pastor Kavita. The Lord will help you to be in the ministry of deliverance. You will cast out demons. You will deliver the people of God from the clutches of the enemy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, my prayer. Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons, please do visit us at wscc.in.